Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'll be joined by Scott Petty of Hayward, and he is known as the Pump Guy. He's been with Hayward for 17 years, working in their pool pump division. And so he's going to come on today to talk about the new Department of Energy regulations and how it will affect you as a pool service provider. And this is part one in a three-part series. In part two, we're going to talk about some of the misconceptions about the new regulations and also about the misconceptions about the variable speed pump, some of the things you may have heard that aren't true about them, and we're going to highlight some of the good points of them. And then in the last podcast, we're going to talk about the Hayward variable speed pump specifically and how you would pick the right variable speed pump model to upgrade to. So stay tuned, and I think you're going to enjoy this series of podcasts. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Also receive priority service, enhanced rebate programs, a discount on your general liability insurance through SPA, a discount on your pool routing software through Skimmer, and an opportunity to co-brand with Leslie's on your social media, website, truck, and more. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Leslie's Pro. So I'm joined today by Scott Petty. He's the global product manager for pumps over at Hayward. How are you doing today, Scott? Doing good. How are you? Good. Basically, we're talking about the Department of Energy and the new regulations that are coming down. And let's start with the basics for people. What exactly is the Department of Energy and what in the world does it have to do with pool pumps in the backyard? <laughs> good question. So, uh, Department of Energy is a uh, federal government uh, uh, agency. They, they handle a, you know, a wide aspect related to energy consumption in the country, and uh, they regulate a variety of things. They chose about four years ago to regulate pool pumps, uh, and that regulation goes into effect here in about less than three months, on July 19, 2021. So the federal government has chosen to regulate pool pumps, which previously had been done at the state level, like in California or Florida. Okay. okay, and so you've been with Hayward for a while now. How long have you been with Hayward? Uh, a little over 17 years now. Okay, so this is like the biggest change, I think, over that time, right? I would argue, not just because I'm the pump guy, but I, I would argue this really is the biggest change in the in the pool industry, uh, even bigger than VGB, just because you know every pool has a pump, and so it's going to impact all of us. And so your career dates back to... Prior to the variable speed pumps, uh, I remember they came, they were like just so rare back in like, you know, 2005, 2006, and now they're pretty common. And I think that's an important thing to mention here, because one of the things that's going to come out of this focus on energy use by the Department of Energy is that the variable, variable speed pumps are some of the only pumps that will qualify now, right? That's correct. So... The regulation, um, it, it's, uh, we can get into the details, but from a high level, it's a performance-based regulation. So they don't really specify how you get there. The, the running joke is you could put a flux capacitor in there as long as you, you meet the requirements. But 
generally or practically speaking, variable speed pumps are the only ones that meet for certain criteria. So there's going to be more variable speed pumps uh, in the market than there have been uh, even even recently. It's been growing since 2006, 2008 when it started in California with their Title 20 regulations. So we've grown a lot, but now they're going to the variable speed pumps are going to grow even more. Yeah, I remember the first one I saw was back in California here about 2000. I'm going to say 2006 is the first one I ever saw. It was a it was a it just to me I was like so foreign. But now, you know, this is going to be the thing of the future where they're going to kind of mandating this. And maybe we should go through uh, in some a little bit of detail of what the regulation actually covers so that people will know why it's in effect and what's going on with that. Absolutely. That, that's a very good point. That um, uh, the, the the regulation really covers almost all pool pumps. And, and uh, I'll say that this regulation was a, uh, a negotiated process. So manufacturers, pool pump manufacturers, motor manufacturers work with what they call energy advocates and the Department of Energy to come up with this regulation. It was a negotiation. So the manufacturers didn't get everything they wanted. The energy advocates didn't get everything they wanted. But it was important we had we the industry had a seat at the table because Otherwise, one, the DOE could have just made up the rules as they you know, thought was best. But then also they told us if they didn't carve out pool pumps, we were going to be part of these general purpose pump regulations, industrial commercial pumps, and we would have had no control whatsoever. So they carved out pool pumps, and it actually covers basically everything, in-ground, above-ground, residential, commercial, booster pumps, uh, even covers technically uh, rigid spa pumps and things like that, but there's there's a lot of different cr- requirements depending on the type of pump. So it's not a one size fits all regulation. And I think we're familiar with the Energy Star ratings on products, uh, refrigerators, washer and dryers, pool pumps, and now there's a new rating. And to me, it's kind of confusing. I've been researching it myself too, and it's called the WEP. And I know you mentioned in the webinar that Hayward actually has the best WEP rating on the on the variable speed pumps. Mm-hmm. And what is that WEP rating? And that's probably what they're going to use going forward. Is that correct? Correct. Um, it, it's actually WEF. Uh, oh, weighted sorry. Energy factor. No problem. Uh, it's a new term. It's brand new to the industry. It's it uh, the, the the general comparison is compared to miles per gallon uh, on a vehicle. Um, it it stands for weighted energy factor. And it, it's weighted in that if it's a variable speed pump or a multi-speed pump, it weights its efficiency at different speeds. A single speed pump, for instance, you only have one speed to compare that. The energy factor is your flow divided by your power. So again, kind of like miles per gallon. So like miles per gallon, it's a measurement of efficiency under a standard set of conditions. You know, I, I can buy... A, a Prius, and it's going to have very good miles per gallon. Now, if I don't drive it very efficiently, and uh, you know, I'm, my actual results will vary, type of thing. But under a standard set of conditions, it, it measures, you know, this model versus that model, and it is a way to directly compare the efficiency of one model versus another. Okay, so the WEF rating is important, and I guess you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm a logical person. And if you run a variable speed pump at the full 3450 RPMs, your WEF rating is not going to be great, right? Correct, correct. The, the whole benefit of these you know, type pumps are running them at lower speeds where you save a, a whole lot of energy. So that's the reason it's called weighted is because 
that we didn't want to swing too far the other way. You could, I won't say you could gain the, you could make the number look very good by running it at 600 RPM or something that is very impractical. So it's weighted. They take into account some high speed and then some low speed and it's weighted between the two. But at the end of the day, you're correct. The efficiency, the WEF, well, I shouldn't say the WEF, the efficiency is greater at lower speeds. And then that gets combined into a ultimately a higher WEF. Yeah. So, I mean, the point I was trying to make, I think, was poking fun at the Department of Energy. You can run it at that high speed and it's not going to make any difference at that point for them. Exactly. You, you can't, they recognize they can't regulate how you use it. You, you could take it in, plug it in, and run it high speed and, you know, kind of defeated the purpose from an efficiency standpoint of, of buying it. Yeah. But of course, we don't work for the government, so we can't say much on that end of it. No, no, no. Uh, it still comes down to how you program it. Um, yeah. And it, it, you know, WEF is very important, but it's not the only thing. You know, the pool professional still needs to size the pump. You don't want to put too big of a pump on too small of a pool, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, and and so you want to size the pump. Now you can factor in the energy efficiency, but even then, it still comes down to how you program it, like you said. We'll touch on some of that a little bit later too. That way, we can give some tips on sizing and programming. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you have a, a service account with multiple accounts. You have water features. Like I have two pumps in my particular setup and mm-hmm. a lot of accounts have a water feature pump, a booster mm-hmm. pump for their cleaner, and then the main pool pump. Now, does this regulation cover all of those? It, it does. That's another big difference versus like, for instance, what uh, sounds like if you're in California, what they've been dealing with in California actually applied only to uh, residential filtration pump, the pump used for yeah. filtration and circulation. The DOE applies to all pumps. So we we manufacturers have to make the pump comply with it. It doesn't matter how it's used. So unfortunately, one of the, we say, unintended consequences of this regulation is that water feature pumps, which uh, typically don't run that often during the day and typically need to be a larger size to give you the flow you need, uh, you're going to be less likely to find a single speed pump that's still compliant with the regulations. Mm-hmm. So you may end up having to put a variable speed pump on a water feature and end up running it at maximum speed or close to maximum speed. So that's uh, that's going to be a drawback in that aspect because the, the DOE's argument, which we couldn't really counter, is that you know they're not in the backyard. They don't know where the pump is being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense because you can swap out a water feature pump for a main pump and kind of cheat that system. Exactly. That's one of the challenges with the state-based regulations is because, you know, we as manufacturers, we don't, we don't know where that pump is going and and neither does the distributor or the state. And and, and it's it's difficult to, to enforce that um, from that standpoint. But at the DOE, uh, it it's, uh, doesn't matter how it's used. And to that aspect, it, it, that blurs the line between residential and commercial. Without getting too deep in the weeds, there again, I mentioned there's different criteria. Three-phase pumps are included, but basically there's no minimum efficiency. So for all intents and purposes, they're excluded. But a single-phase pump, a lot of those get used on smaller commercial applications. And same thing, they still have to meet the requirements as well. So this kind of wrecks how we do business in the industry where – if the homeowner's motor burns out, we would just replace that over and over again, basically, and never had to really upgrade the system. At this point, one of the things that is going to be hard for us to do as pool pros is to convince the customer that 
your normal $500 motor replacement is now a $1,500 variable speed pump replacement. Absolutely. That, that's, that, you know, th- these variable speed pumps, uh, you know, a lot of benefits, you know, saving energy, saving money, quiet operation. But by far, the biggest barrier is, is the price, the sticker shock. And, and so we, you know, we recommend uh, a variety of different methods to help, help kind of overcome that sticker shock and help frame you know, what it means to the, to the consumer, to the homeowner. Um, and, and one of the ways we talk about is to inevitably, you know, we're all consumers. You're going to ask the question, how much does it cost? We, we recommend to try to pivot that to how much does it cost to own? Because that, that's, a, that's a different story when you factor in how much it costs to operate a pump versus just how much you pay up front. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where everyone is looking at it like how much you pay up front now. Because that's how things have been done for the last, you know, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, a pool pro to convince a customer that this is going to save them money. I can prove it because I have variable speed pumps in my house and I have my electric bills to compare it to. And mm-hmm. I can tell you the savings are dramatic. I mean, very dramatic. Um, but however, I think that's going to be a big hurdle out there. What's Hayward doing as far as that goes to help the pool pro address these issues with the consumer? A very good question. Uh, a variety of aspects, um, and, and you know, we've been doing this, you know, throughout the, the the journey of more variable speed pumps. But certainly, with the Department of Energy regulations, we've been uh, for for years now been doing trainings at, at trade shows. We've been doing a lot of different webinars, um, you know, at local events at distributors with the dealer in terms of training, you know, a little bit about the you know what the DOE is, and of course about the product. But as importantly, what what you're saying, which is, you know, how do you sell the product? Um, you know, some areas of the country have been doing this for many years. Other areas, maybe not as much. And and so, you know, there, there's not much time to, to really get prepared for how do you sell that product. So we we help, you know, again give some some techniques of how to how to sell the product in terms of, like I mentioned, cost of ownership. Some tools that we've created, energy calculators, to help customers, homeowners better appreciate um, how much they're going to save. Um, and, 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 and because it's, it's like you said, it's a little bit, I don't want to say it's hard to believe, but you know, you see the price, you have to think about how much it's going to cost. So you have to overcome that uh, education piece. Yeah. And I think uh, California is a little easier because people are a little bit more green uh, friendly, I guess. Uh, tree huggers, I guess you would call them out here. Uh, <laughs> Probably not that many in certain regions. And I sell it also on the fact that it's quieter. Um, Absolutely. You know, California, we have a land issue. And so equipment is right up against the house. Usually, like mine is right outside my wall here. Mm-hmm. And the quietness is the one way I, I like to sell them to customers. But I think I have an easier time in California, again, because of the demographic. And I just tell them, hey, you're going to save energy and help the environment. And boom, you know, it's sold. Exactly. And, 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 you know, a couple of things that one absolutely quiet operation in some areas, that's actually, you could argue, even more important than saving money, just because, like you said, the lots are small, et cetera. But even in areas outside of California where, you know, uh, the cost of electricity isn't as high, which you know impacts how much you can save, we still typically see that these pumps pay for themselves and in one to two years, maybe three years, depending on if you got really short seasons. But uh, even in the in the northern climates, um, you know, th- there's been a, a, a growth of, of variable speed pumps because they see how much they can save even in a in a shorter season. Um, but now going forward, they're going to 
there's still going to be single speed pumps available, but mm-hmm. less of them. So you know, there's going to be more and more of a need to go to these uh, variable speed pumps. So there are some single speed pumps that will qualify, but they're lower horsepower. Is that more or less? It, this is another point where it gets a little bit confusing is that the regulation is actually not based off horsepower, um, at least what we call motor horsepower. Mm-hmm. It, it really comes down to every pump is different. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a slide, it's a moving target of, of the minimum efficiency based off the size of the pump, but they size the pump based off its performance, its flow and its head. And, and we don't use horsepower consistently in this industry. We have max rates and up rates and full rates. So in the case of Hayward, we're still going to be able to make our one horsepower super pump and our one horsepower max flow XL medium head pumps that are more common in the East compared to say the Western part of the country. Um, our bigger pumps like TriStar, we're really only going to have one model that, that meets that as a single speed. So what I'm getting at is the the number of pumps and the size of those pumps depends on which type of pump it is. So it's not a one size fits all. So let's say worst case scenario, customer doesn't want to go with a variable speed pump and you have a 1.5 horsepower Hayward pump currently there. Mm-hmm. Now, would you be able to buy one of these motors that is compatible with the new regulations to put it on that pump or how would that work in that kind of scenario? Really, we, we see it as, as three options. Um, um, you know, first, you know, clearly going, well, I guess you could argue four. There is going to the variable speed pump like we've been talking about. There is replacing what we would refer to as the power end, which would be the motor and the drive. We have the impeller and the diffuser on there. Um, that's going to be you know, a little bit lower price point. So, so that can be an option. I'm going to skip down to the bottom option, which is in some cases, you may be able to downsize to a smaller single speed pump, but in doing that, you're going to have less flow. So we, we don't mm-hmm. expect that, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to have the flow you need to run your pool. So that's probably not going to happen too often. Not to, not to get too much of a sales pitch, but I'll throw out that Hayward, we're just now launching a new series of pump called the XE series of pumps that is kind of positioned between a single speed pump and a fully featured variable speed pump. It's DOE compliant, but it's up to a one-third lower price. So that's going to be really, we see in a lot of cases, the most cost-effective way to go from a single speed to, to a DOE-compliant pump. Um, it doesn't do everything a fully featured VS pump does, but it allows you to change speeds and meet the DOE requirements at a, uh, at a lower price point because we recognize that consumers, not everybody's going to be able to pay the twelve to $1,500 out of the gate. So we, we, we want to give them choices. Is that going to be retrofitable to like a Hayward pump that's in there already, that particular pump you mentioned? Yes. So uh, with both the XE and the VS series, we sell the complete pump, which of course is based off of the same Hayward pumps, but we also sell those power ends that we talk about. So mm-hmm. in some cases, if you wanted to keep the plumbing uh, for the inlet and the outlet, um, you could just take the quote power end off from the seal plate back and, uh, uh, retrofit basically yeah that's pretty much a good option i think for a lot of people that are starting out with this transition i think for for you to convince somebody in a lot of cases to go from a single speed pump to a variable speed pumps that's a, that is a big jump yes and when are those pumps going to be when are those um power ends going to be available? Those, um, it's already announced now it's information on our website we're going to start shipping that product uh at the end of june uh, of, uh you know in the next 
month or so. Okay. Uh, so just before the, the regulations uh, go into effect um, so that people can start that, that transition. Um, one thing I will say, because I, I forgot to mention it before, it, uh, the, the manufacturing, the deadline, uh, which is coming up July 19th, that's a manufacturing deadline, not, not based off when it's sold or installed. So it, it really boils down to the manufacturers. We can't make a product after July 19th that doesn't meet the, the regulation. But as long as we made it beforehand, we can sell it, distribution can sell it, dealers can still sell it and install it. So as long as there's there's still gonna be single speed pumps out there available, but eventually the inventory is gonna run out. Uh, with, the, with the market demand as high as it is, it's probably gonna run out faster than it normally would. It's not like the world changes immediately July 19th, but fairly soon after that, the, the inventory is going to sell out. And then, then it comes down to those choices you talked about. Um, yeah. How do you, they can't get that pump anymore. What do they do? Yeah. So I think the inventory is going to self-regulate that eventually, because then you won't be able to get those pumps. But before we close here, I was going to have you throw out the, uh, the website where they can find the information on the VS pumps and also on the energy savings, things like that. Absolutely. So um, as it relates to the department of energy, uh, we have a dedicated site, uh, hayward.com slash regulations. Also, for our pumps, you can go to hayward.com slash VS, variable speed. Of course, you, you can start at hayward.com and navigate, but those other two will take mm -hmm. you right there. So um, we have a lot of information on the Department of Energy, uh, videos, frequently asked questions, um, the list of all the SKUs that, that are and are not compliant. And then on the product side, we have a lot of information on the product, you know, uh, obviously brochures and things like that, videos, uh, links to energy calculators so you can estimate how much money you can save. At, at the end of the day, the com another common theme with this, like so many things in life, is, is education and communication. So the more you, that, that the industry can educate themselves about this regulation and, and prepare themselves so that in turn they can educate and prepare the consumer, the homeowner. So that when you get those objections about price, like we talked about earlier, you can be prepared with with how to answer them and 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 ultimately have a hopefully an even happier customer because you help them understand. Okay, yes, you're having to pay more, but you're gonna you're gonna save more money and you're gonna have a better experience. Yeah, I think that's that's well put, and I couldn't have said it better. And I think one thing that you can do as a pool pro and as a homeowner is call Hayward's tech support. That's something yes. that people don't think about, but if you call and then you select the pump option on there, the tech support person is extremely knowledgeable um, mm -hmm. about this equipment. They can help you size the pump for you and all those in that, in that aspect. So that's a great resource that probably is underused, I think, by a lot of people um, to call that number and to get somebody just to kind of walk them through what's the best pump for them. Absolutely. There's, there's no, there's no silly question out there. You know, it, 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 anything can happen in the field. So if you got questions, call, uh, go to our website. Um, we're doing more things with putting QR codes on the product. So you can go right there and scan, yeah. um, you know, just, it, it's all about getting information quickly so that you can you know, understand what you need to do and, and uh, get on with your day. Yeah. Great. I appreciate the time on this and going over the department of energy. I'm really excited about, um, the new options that the homeowners have now um, going forward because that kind of made Hayward 
kind of make that option available that wasn't before, which I think is a better option than a single speed pump anyway, because mm-hmm. I'm all in on variable speed pumps. You have to convince me. Mm-hmm. I have, I've seen the, the results of it, and you know I'm, I'm on that side of the spectrum already. It's just the you know millions of people that are going to have to be moved over now. Um, exactly. And so these resources are great, and I think this is a, a great way to kind of introduce that to everyone here. So I appreciate your time, Scott. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad any opportunity to help get this message out and uh, look forward to where the uh, the industry goes. So I hope you can tune in for the next two podcasts in the series. To find those podcasts, just look in the description of the podcast. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, look in the description of the video. And I'll have the links to the two follow-up podcasts that I recorded with Scott. And I think all three podcasts kind of go together. So listening to all three as a series is definitely worthwhile. If you're looking for more podcasts that I've recorded, you can just go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com, and on the banner, there's a podcast icon. Click on that. That'll take you to the 600-plus episodes that I recorded previously, and I'm sure you can find something interesting that I recorded there that you can listen to. And if you're in the industry and you're looking to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great resources when you join the group, including a discount on your general liability insurance. Again, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.